I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here, as always, with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And she has her coworker with us today, and we just absolutely love when he's our guest, don't we, Vicki? We absolutely do. We have with us Dayton Aldridge, who I work very closely with. He is our restitution specialist here in the district attorney's office, which means that if you are the victim of a crime and you have suffered injuries as a result of that crime, and if you're entitled to monetary restitution, Dayton is the person that will help you get what you deserve. So with that... Dayton, you recently shared an article with me from one of our local news sources called Ed Hat about a real estate scam happening in San Luis Obispo County. Now, apparently there were numerous reports of criminals posing as property owners and selling property that they didn't own. And according to the article, this scam is now spreading to other counties. Have you heard about this scam happening here in Santa Barbara? So, so far, we've only heard of this happening in SLO and Los Angeles. I haven't heard of any specific cases in Santa Barbara yet, but we would certainly be a prime target for it. Another part of this crime is that I will talk about it could be going on in Santa Barbara currently, and the victims just haven't discovered it yet. Oh, boy, this is really alarming. So tell us how this scam works. So this scam works when criminals and con artists pose as the legitimate property owners and they try to sell properties. And they do this by finding properties that are paid off and don't have any liens against them. Bonus points if they can discover that, you know, perhaps the owners of this property are are elderly or seniors. And then what they do is they get a bunch of photos of the property, whether if they find them online, whether it's Google Maps or or Google Earth or Zillow, or they just drive by and take photos themselves. And then they reach out to a realtor and they pose as the property owner. They tell the realtor that they would like to accept an all cash offer and they're willing to accept below the market rate. And and it just kind of goes from there. That's how the ball gets rolling. So does the realtor and the fake owner, do they actually meet or does the fake owner reach out online or by telephone? Yeah, so that's a hallmark of this scam is that all the communications will be electronic or over the phone. The scammers will not meet in person. So there's no time when the parties actually meet, when the fake seller and the real estate agent meet, or when the documents are signed in front of a notary. Even then, there's no meeting. Well, in this scam, a lot of the times what we're finding is that the notary is actually an accomplice of the scam artist. Oh, so the my God. So the notary is either in on it or they're a fake notary and they stole a notary's book and stamp and they're just posing as a notary. Wow, this is scary. It seems unbelievable. So how does one discover this fraud? How do you find out that your property may have been sold without your knowledge? Well, you know, unfortunately, by the time the victims discover that this has happened, there's a lot of damage can can already be done. The only real way for victims to be proactive 
of and monitor their properties and check if this is happening to them is to periodically pull the county property records from the county recorder's office and verify that the information that the county has as far as who owns your home is still you. Another less burdensome way to do this is checking Zillow and checking the MLS and checking all of these common websites where homes and properties are listed for sale. If you put your address into Zillow and you see that it's on the market and you haven't put it on the market, well, that would be a good indication that this is happening to you. Wow. So is there any one group of people that are more likely to be victims of this particular scam? Yes, it is primarily elderly people and seniors and also property owners that are either out of town or foreign investors. And the reason that is, is because the main way to discover this is usually using some form of technology or driving down to the county recorder's office. And sometimes that's something that seniors aren't capable of doing at that particular time. And then also for out of uh, foreign investors, they definitely target foreign investors because they know well, these people aren't in the area. They'll probably be able to do a good amount of damage before they discover that this property has been sold from underneath them. So a prime property would be one where the owner is not actually living on the property, presumably even a vacant property or a vacant lot or a rental unit where the owner is not present. Correct. Now, Dayton, do the realtors bear any responsibility when this happens? Yeah. So realtors and the title companies do bear the ultimate burden of, say, verifying the documents like the notary. But the problem is, again, by the time that any of this is discovered, okay, you know, you might be able to file a civil suit against the real estate company or the title company, but you're going to have a much bigger problem, which is you on paper, you don't own your home anymore. Oh, yeah. So is the district attorney's office in San Luis Obispo taking any actions to combat this crime or to warn the public? Yes, and they are doing that by primarily warning the public and then also investigating the cases that have come to their attention. And so far, the San Luis Obispo DA's office has been able to uncover and prevent about $9 million worth of this type of fraud just in this last year in San Luis Obispo. And tell us again, I know you covered this, but tell us again, what actions can a property owner take to find out if their property has been illegally listed for sale? Run that by us again. Yeah. So property owners are encouraged to check their property address using the trusted real estate websites such as Zillow or MLS, which stands for the Multiple Listing Service. And you can use those to determine if the property has been fraudulently listed for sale because those websites list all properties that are currently on the market. So that would be probably the easiest and fastest way to jump online and plug in your property's address and make sure it doesn't come up on any of those websites. The more probably thorough way would be to drive on down to the county clerk recorder's office and ask to see their record. Or if the county clerk's recorder office in your county has a website, you might be able to get on their website and also check for the official record through the website. Okay. And then if you discover that your property has been fraudulently listed for sale or sold, the best thing to do would be to immediately contact law enforcement and the local district attorney's office. Okay. Boy, that would really be just devastating to find out that your property had been sold out from under you. Your biggest investment in your lifetime, your house, usually. That's just awful. Yeah. And I'm thinking that these criminals, their goal is to probably turn it around as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Either to turn it around as quickly as possible in the avenue of selling it or 
to load that property up with liens and mortgages and just take out as much equity out of the property as possible and then move that money into other accounts so then they can kind of just walk away from the property and, and be done with it. Wow, that's scary. Well, on to a different topic. Uh, I know that this is something that you're interested in uh, in cybersecurity. And one of the things that people do about this time of year when they haven't finished their Christmas shopping is they panic and they buy gift cards because that's the easiest way to take care of a bunch of people on their Christmas list. So I know that you have ideas of how we should keep ourselves safe when we're buying gift cards. Do you want to share those with us? Yeah. And I'll, I'll start with the solution so everyone can know they can still buy gift cards if they don't have time to get all the Christmas shopping done yet. If you would like to buy gift cards for your families and friends for the holidays, you can still do that safely. The way to do it would be to go to the website of whatever retailer you're trying to get the gift card for and buy the gift card straight off the website from the retailer. And then either have that mailed to you and you can hand deliver it to your loved one. Or a lot of the time, these retailers, if you put in the email address of the recipient, it will send them an e-gift card directly to their email address that they'll be able to use. The problem with gift cards, buying them off the rack, and specifically this issue is happening at the supermarkets and the big box stores. When you go kind of to the checkout area, sometimes you see those whole carousels and they have tons of different gift cards for all the different restaurants and businesses in, in the area. Right. What's happening is the scammers, they're getting one of those gift cards legitimately, putting it in their name, putting it, the account in, in their name, having some money on the card. Then what they're doing is they're peeling off the barcode from their gift card. They're going back into the store. Let's just say Best Buy. They're going back into Best Buy. They're peeling off the barcode from their gift card and they're putting it on the gift card on one of the racks. So when a victim buys a gift card off the rack and the cashier swipes it and they say, how much money would you like to load onto this card? And you say $100. And then the person walks out, you know, the cashier accepts the money. They say, okay, $100 is on this gift card. They hand the person the gift card. The person walks out the store because the barcodes were swapped. That money is just being loaded onto the scammer's gift card. The gift card that the victim is physically holding as they walk out of the store is worthless. It has no money on it. Oh, and unless you really were to take the time with maybe a ruler and a magnifying glass and be in investigating and inspecting barcodes, which isn't going to be very realistic when you're in line and there's people behind you and the cashier is asking you questions. I just really don't see a safe way of doing it this year. Okay. I know in some stores, they keep gift cards locked up. Not many, but once in a while. And I suppose that would be a safe way to buy a gift card. But buying them off the racks, dangerous. Yeah. So generally, the ones that are locked up or the ones that are kind of behind the register or behind the cashier, those are like the Visa gift cards and the preloaded gift cards that you can give someone and it acts like a credit card. Those are generally going to be a little bit safer because those do have multiple other layers of security. These are really like the Bass Pro Shops gift card off the rack or the Netflix gift card off the rack. Just all those random assortment of cards that are not behind the register, that are not locked up, that people have free and unfettered access to tamper with. Well, I have gotten lots of bulletins from law enforcement, from the FBI, alerting people that this is just rampant this year. So you do have to be very careful if you're going to take the gift card route and get all your shopping done that way. Otherwise, the intended recipients are going to end up with nothing. 
And I can imagine yes. grandma getting all her grandkids gift cards. Exactly. And they, oh, worthless. Terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People are It'd not be- going to be happy with grandma. If no. that so yeah. grandma can still go online, get on the website, go to bestbuy.com, buy a gift card for her grandchild, print it off, put it in an envelope and give it to the grandchild. That's still doable and safe. Mm-hmm. Just don't buy them off those racks. Yeah. And I suppose they're okay when they're like shrink wrapped and inside a packaging of some sort. I know like Costco sells things like that sometimes to yeah, some places. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not worried about those, the shrink wrap stuff, the stuff that's behind the counters. No, mm-hmm. these are all the others. Yeah. Right. Right. Gosh, what a great warning. I know. And, and timely because mm-hmm. this is the time when people are panicking and going and buying those gift cards. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll call this episode Dayton Saves Christmas. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I can throw one more bonus tip in there, which is, hey, if someone were to buy one of these gift cards off the rack in a store and then it came to light that it was fraud and the scam artist had switched the barcodes out, if that person had used their credit card to buy said gift card, they could just call the credit card company, tell them oh. what happened, and they'd get their money back. The grandchild would still have a gift card with no money on it. But let's remember that when we are shopping this holiday season, it is always more safe to use a credit card because of all those protections that you don't have if you're using debit or cash or writing a check. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Dayton. This was very timely information. I appreciate that you are coming on the show and helping us out here. So many thanks. And Vicki, could you share your fraud hotline in case somebody would like to be a guest on the show or just talk to you? Absolutely. It's area code 805-568-2442. And I'll say that again, 805-568-2442. And I will answer every call that comes to my fraud hotline. I may not get back to you that day, but I will get back to you and I welcome your calls. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Dayton.